The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Okay, hour two underway here on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Hands down, it's not close. C Spire, customer inspired. JB sent me a picture of a snake. JB, that's your buddy at Entergy yeah. killed a big <clears throat> rattlesnake, huh? Yeah, he runs around the backwoods of Hines and Warren's counties. Fixing people's lights and getting their, you know, power restored and things like that. But he's always sending stuff out like that. He'll probably go home and cut it up and eat it. <laughs> I know a guy who eats any snake he kills. Yeah. I know a guy. Yep. And if it's um, big it enough. Chicken hawk? No, it ain't chicken hawk. Well, it might be. I just don't know that about him. It's somebody else. But if it's big enough, too, he'll skin it and turn it into one of those, like, snake skin deals. He'll tan it, you know, and then hang it on a wall. Sure. There's, those people exist. <laughs> they sure do. Um, a few things here in the comments, and then I'm going to get to something I want you all to hear uh, that happened yesterday. Some things that were said yesterday. I want you to hear that. Pretty much first hour, we kind of covered the news of the Big Ten coming back to college football. They're going to play starting at the end of October. That is their plan. Pac-12 up in the air. Now there are rumblings that you even got some coaches out in the MAC. Wait a minute. Yep. The Mac, you know, Maction, that are starting to um, talk a little bit about maybe they're coming back. Yeah, you figured it'd be a trickle-down effect. It will, no doubt. Yeah. Well, but let's see who's left. <laughs> the Mac and the Pac-12 and... Some of those independents. Yeah, I saw where UMass is saying, now, look, we're not playing this year. And you can understand that. I mean, they, UMass can't get a schedule up now because of being independent. Would you say they're lost? You lost? What do you mean? Well, they just... Oh, UMass? Yeah. You lost. You less. UMass, you less. Yeah, I get it. Well, I mean, that's it. They they don't have a conference. So they're, they're kind of stuck. And it's understandable where they are. Uh, real quick, on the country please and text line, and then I'm coming to a couple of comments on the live stream on Facebook and YouTube. And then I want you to hear some things that were said. I will be jumping over to the phone line in just a bit. First up, though, unnamed texter said, don't you think this was 99 to 100% about the governors and high elected officials, possibly in response to pressure from high-ranking national officials, together with school presidents, uh, both on August 19th and today? Yeah, a little bit of a reversal. And if there's just no way to know, like, specifically until, like, 20 years from now, somebody will write a book about it and have alleged details of how all this went down. And how much political pressure there was or how much, you know, and right even now, you got people starting to cover the whole, did Donald Trump help this thing get off the ground or did he not? You know, I don't know. But is there the potential? You say 99 to 100%. I don't know about that much. I don't know. Did it play into it? No question. The whole political spectrum on both sides. Did it play into this? Yeah. To what extent? You know, who can really say? 
And then Green Okra said, please don't go political. Need sports, not politics. Yeah, I agree with you on that. You know what else you need? Chicken Hawk. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. Speak of the devil, Mr. Hawk himself. What's up, Chicken Hawk? Yeah, yeah. Well, well first off, man, you know, there ain't no such thing as just a, a little bit because uh, you pontificate the doggone long. And I got three things I got to get off my chest. I only had two that you started talking about, them governors. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Big Ten, uh, that I wanted to call her a heifer, but, you know, that's wrong. I ain't going to call her no heifer. <laughs> but that young woman that's the governor up there in Michigan, do you really think that communist woman, with all the crap that she's done and still doing, is she going to let Michigan State and Michigan actually play football? Seriously? Well, and let me ask you this. Why does she have the power to tell them they can't? Well, why does she have the power to do all the crap she's done done and all these other governors? Because they think that they can write one of them executive orders, and it, that makes them God and uh, whoever else in between and around. I agree. Okay. And, okay, and they, <laughs> that's state money. Look, that's state money, too, you know. Yeah. Hey, them colleges there get that state money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, um, hey, but, you know, there may be some folks, that, you know, that pulls her little string, you know, that be giving that money on the backside over there. She's saying, look here, woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to tell you right now, this is where it's going to be. Now, you done done what you're going to do. Now, we're going to tell you what you're going to do. Now, that could be going on. You reckon? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It could. Okay, now, here we go. Uh, let me ask you, listen, I brought this up with a melon head yesterday, and I'm going to bring it up with you because the beef said you were supposed to be in. You and Dr. Brother Brojo were supposed to be in yesterday. And uh, I, uh, look here, I don't get paid to listen to that doggone <laughs> liberal national espen. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I get do. paid to work for Espen 105.9 Pickens Jackson, Mississippi, the zone. And uh, I got to talk to Kevin because I only got them two weeks I was in our arm, I only got one paycheck. I bet you and Melonhead, y'all just keep rolling on with the dough, don't you? Who's Melonhead? Is, is that Jay? That's Brooks's name. Oh, Brooks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> see, yeah, see, well, hear me tell you. The reason he's Melonhead, see, he don't like Guru. I was going to call him Guru, then somebody else called him Guru. He went all off in this kind of act, just as humble as Jesus deal yesterday. And so, uh, uh, uh Carla Danger is the one that's built to be, cause you know, Brooks, he, he, a melon head, he is a child of privilege. He's kind of like Bo. He's a child of privilege. And you know, he went to private school. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, Mr. Mr. Melonhead there, uh, uh, I, my, my friend there, Carla Dane, spilled the beans. Everybody called him in school with Melonhead. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a good friend okay. that we call Fathead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they got them things. That you I ain't seen the Fathead commercials in a while. Before y'all get me sidetracked, though, uh, look at here now. <laughs> uh, have you talked to uh, Jonathan uh, any time lately? Yes. Okay, are we going to have the big... Should do he always has over there, you know, for hunting and all that. Uh, well, I think so because he sent me a very leading text the other day that was kind of one of those, "Hey, when you thinking about coming down this way?" You know, because uh, he oh. knows I haven't been in a while. But I think I think we may be getting getting at something like that as soon as I know. I'll let okay, you know. Okay, now, 
I'm going to drop this on you. Oh, you got 30 Bell. seconds, Chicken Hawk. 30 seconds. Oh, I, look, I, I got all of y'all a present. Lou Bell ordered it, and it came in yesterday, and you thinking you're going to get some more of that deer meat. But these folks come to the crib Saturday, so yeah. I'm sending every one of y'all. You too there, bro, Joe. Thank you. brother, bro, Joe. So see y'all. Love you. See you. Chicken Hawk, he nailed it. That man, can he can count 30 seconds when you tell him 30 seconds. So he's going to bring gifts. He ain't no dummy. No, he's he he may play one on TV, but he's not really a dummy. <laughs> he's chicken off. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks for calling. What he say? He's like Bo. He went to private school. <laughs> As if that's a bad thing. It ain't a bad thing. No, nah. it's really. Nah. I mean, it maybe, is what it is. Well, it, maybe there used to be a huge difference. I don't know. If there's much of a difference anymore. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. I know. I don't know that many kids that really choose where they want to go to school. That's a good point. That's a good point. Usually what mama and daddy. What mom and dad say. Or other factors stipulate. <laughs> or jobs or moving or, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. Bully Bill on the country pleasing text line just said, debatable whether he's a dummy or not. <laughs> All right. Earlier on the text, White Denzel says, now that the Big Ten is back, will Ohio State be the first team to be ranked second in the first AP poll to unranked in the second poll to back to second in the third poll? <laughs> Maybe so. And Denzel, look, if it's not Ohio State, the next most likely candidate for that to ever happen to would be like a Notre Dame. They'd do it. Or Tennessee, who's always overranked. Uh, I'm not saying Ohio State overranked, but yeah, number two in the poll. Well, they're not playing. All right, they're out. Now they're playing again. All right, back to two. What if they lose the first game? Now they're out. (laughs) That was a really good text there, Denzel. Appreciate that. Uh, I got this uh, message earlier on the live stream on Facebook. Let me see if I can find this. Um, Okay. No, it's on the YouTube live stream from someone named Merrill, who we were talking about outbreaks in different parts of the country. And speaking of the Big Ten, where Iowa is, Merrill says, I live in Iowa City. We already have an outbreak here. He says, when football starts, it will just increase. You know, I don't know that it will. Because they're not putting anybody in there. I mean, it's just going to be two football teams in the stadium, and that's it, Merrill, in the Big Ten, according to what they're saying they're going to do. All right. How many of y'all have been interested in the quarterback battle at Mississippi State? You kind of know what you know, right? Like you know who the starter is and all this. But yesterday at State, right after practice, they sent K.J. Costello – QB1, and fresh out of Brandon, Mississippi, QB2, Will Rogers, they sent him right up to the podium to answer questions with the media. Their first appearance as a, you know, member of the depth chart there this preseason at Mississippi State. First chance for people to ask them questions and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I want you to hear some of that and a few other things as well. All right, first up, KJ Costello. By the way, they asked him, they said, has Mike Leach come to you, KJ, and just basically said, hey, you're our starter? And he said, no, no, he has not really done that. He's all about competition, competition. He said, but I've been taking the reps with the ones pretty much all throughout camp. And I mean, so he knows. And the team knows. You don't have to announce it when you really know who the starter is. But here's KJ Costello. A chance for you to hear what he sounds like. Starting quarterback, Mississippi State Stanford transfer. Uh, he was talking about 
his experience so far of going through things, lifting, running, and now practicing at an SEC program? From day one, uh, the effort and attitude um, of this team is something that's inspired me, and I've respected as well. Um, I've definitely seen coming to the SEC, you know, the slogan they always say, it means more. Um, I've seen it just in the day-to-day -day practice. I mean, seven-on-seven seven dudes, you know, damn near going live, um, which is awesome to see. Guys are battling for, for roles on the team, fighting for starting spots. Um, you know, so I've, I've really highlighted the idea of, you know, me wanting to be a catalyst, elevating the guys around me, making sure that I know my job through and through. Um, you know, I haven't been in this system for four years, um, so I'm, I'm putting a big emphasis on making sure I do my job before demanding um, everything out of everybody else. But I think as a whole, everyone's starting to kind of come into their own and kind of understand their roles and, and know where they're supposed to be on the field um, in this offense, in the scheme. That's KJ Costello. All right, what about knowing the offense? Remember, that's been the question. You know, what's it going to be like with a new quarterback and a shorter time to prepare to get to know the offense? Is he going to have a full grasp of the offense in week one? Here's Costello. Before we ever really stepped foot on field, I felt like I knew all of the concepts on paper. Um, so from walkthroughs, I don't know, I'm in camp right now, but that started, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Um, it's been putting what I know on paper into real life. Um, and, you know, the plays – what a lot of people don't understand about this offense, and I've seen so much tape from Washington State, is one play can play out, you know, three to six different ways. Um, so making sure that uh, my eyes are in the right place and, uh, and I'm kind of sensing what's going to happen before it's happened. So knows the offense. A little bit of an explanation from him. Sven, who's watching on the YouTube live stream, says, for me, Costello is a starter right now, but Rodgers is the future without question. Patrick on Facebook said, question for you, could KJ not enter the draft and come back next season since this year does not use a year of eligibility? I mean, he can come back, but I think if you enter the draft, stay in it. Certainly if you hire an agent, then you're gone. Um, there would be a certain time where you have to make sure he's not in and declaring for the draft and then come back. And I don't know what those stipulations are. I don't really keep up with it. Do I know that there? if he goes out and – has a banged up year or maybe subpar, a little out of sync, and wants to come back and set records next year with the team, he could do that. Throw in a football, and and you're right. He'd have an extra year of eligibility. So Will Rogers, true freshman from Brandon High School, is your backup quarterback. He's ahead of where normally true freshmen are for several reasons. All right. One is the fact that he's comfortable with the offense because he, he ran a lot of it in high school at Brandon High School last year. Yeah, uh, I'm extremely comfortable in this offense. You know, uh, we did the same thing in high school. It was very similar. Uh, you know, a lot of the same plays, things like that. It was just called different stuff. Uh, so, you know, when I'm out there with those guys, I'm just trying to score every possession, score every drive, and uh, I'm extremely comfortable in the offense. Extremely comfortable in the offense. What about his relationship with Garrett Schrader? You know, the incumbent quarterback who started last year as a freshman, led State to some wins, including in the Egg Bowl. Will has beaten him out for the backup job, and because of his athleticism, Garrett Schrader has moved to receiver. What about that relationship? Yeah, you know, Garrett's great. You know, he's a he's a big target, big athletic guy. He, he can really run. Um, 
And yeah, actually, his first day uh, receiver, we actually connected on a long touchdown pass. So that was that was pretty cool, you know. And uh, it just showed Garrett's upside and what he can do uh, with the ball in his hands. So that's Will Rogers. Really, really throws the ball well. Has a great command of the offense for a true freshman. Now that's in practice. Games are different. You know, playing against it's a high level of competition that he played in high school. No question. The Madison Centrals, the Warren Centrals, you know. You know, yes. It's a high level of competition that he played against in high school. It's a whole different deal. When some five star from LSU is coming off the edge over here, next to a four star that weighs 330 pounds, next to a middle linebacker who's 23 years old with two children and a 401k. Okay, it's different. <laughs> so that takes a little getting used to. KJ Costello's been there. The experience has helped him win the job. But Costello said yesterday that Will Rogers, the freshman, reminds KJ of himself when he was a freshman. He reminds me a lot of myself, not not to pat myself on the back, but me coming in as a freshman, you know, just just really eager to play, um, you know, really eager to get reps, um, not gun shy. You know, he's he's willing to to um, fail, which a lot of times freshmen are kind of timid at times. I, I think we really molded our relationship when we kind of looked at each other when we were here in June, July, and like, hey, I mean, we got a month and a half. Let's team up and teach this offense to the guys. You know, we're not we're not really trying to compete. I mean, we're competing, but at the same time, like it was on our shoulders to. He had he had ran a little bit of the system in high school. Um, you know, I had to absorb a totally new system. Um, and we were kind of leaning on each other's shoulders to um, communicate effectively to everybody else what they were doing. And, you know, not a lot of people will probably mention that, but I think that's going to um, pay dividends this year in terms of how we were effectively able to know the whole offense. I mean, if you came out to the first to three practices, most of the guys knew everything they were doing. And that's saying a lot. So there's your quarterbacks. K.J. Costello, QB1. Will Rogers, QB, too. Uh, over in the other division, the other Bulldogs, Georgia, over in the Eastern Division, they still don't know. I mean, as of yesterday, Kirby Smart, head coach Georgia, said it's up in the air. It's likely going to be a game-time decision. They have three guys who've already been on their roster, but, of course, JT Daniels, who transferred in from USC, the former five-star who's uber, uber talented, and he said yesterday it's going to be a game-time decision, even though they know right now that JT Daniels has not been cleared. But listen to the qualifier statement that, that Kirby Smart threw in there when he said, yeah, he's not cleared yet. JT is not completely cleared yet. Uh, he is practicing with us, as he's been doing. And uh, if we didn't think he was going to be cleared, then we wouldn't be practicing him. Um, but he's continuing to practice, and so is Dwan Carson and Stetson. And um, as far as we can tell, it'll probably be a game-time decision. How about that? JB, I love it when coaches just tell it just like it is. Yeah, they don't use coach speak. He said – you know, he's not cleared, but if we didn't think he was going to be cleared, we wouldn't be practicing him. Right. In other words, he's practicing because he's going to be cleared by the time the game gets here. In other words, ask another dumb question. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this from Kirby Smart. I love this. Now, you, JB, who like puns and liter alliteration, yes. are going to love something that he said in this comment. He was asked, Kirby Smart was asked, as you get closer to the game, does the intensity in your practices change? 
I don't think intensity ever changes personally. I mean, I'm a big believer in um, intensity, uh, focus, concentration. I mean, we've got a motto around here, casualness causes casualties. And we just don't believe in that. And um, I I think the minute you stop having intensity and a purpose, um, you're not coaching. So uh, every coach has his own style, and um, mine is to be intense and demanding. And the players respect that. Casualness causes <laughs> casualties. I, I knew you would like that. Oh, look, man, we had, we had a coach my my junior year in high school, and he he would get on the offensive lineman all the time. He would go, "Man, you just crawl up in the hole and get fat." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, can you hear a coach right now? You crawl in that hole casually. Yeah, casualness causes casualties. Stop being casual. That is great. You know, old Kirby, he's starting to sound like a veteran coach all of a sudden. Hey, and before we go to break. He sounded ticked. Yeah, he did. He always sounds that way. I think he got that from Nick Saban. I want to read this from Hog Jowl. Um, I think this is the best text I've gotten all day. Music has started, Hog Jowl, so I don't have time right now. I'm going to read your text as soon as we come back. I do think it is the best text that we've gotten all day. Since you're not going to do that, I got an opinion on Kirby Smart. What's that? I bet if you put a piece of coal in his booty before a game, it'd be a diamond by the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's intense now. But he played on defense, and they just kind of naturally are that way. And he hung out with Saban for a little while. How could he not be that way? That's really good. And best friends with Muschamp. Yeah, exactly. Hog Jow, your text coming up next, and then I'm going to let you hear something Saban said. Stick around. Bubba back with you. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. The bald guy. What's up, bald guy? I mean, you're technically not bald. Brother from another mother? <laughs> yeah, I'm just taller than my hair is. Yeah. The bald guy says, I agree with Chicken Hawk. When y'all are not on, this station stinks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bald guy. That's a nice comp. Bald guy in more ways than one. Let me just say something to you. Real, recognize real. Triple R, baby. Real recognize real. On that note, real recognize real callers. Five-star callers. <laughs> What's Chicken Hawk if we're doing the star ratings? What is the star ratings for our callers? Speaking of a five-star caller, he calls me Mr. Gator Greg joining us on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Greg? Hey, hey, Mr. White. I'm uh, I'm like Chris Jones. I, I I started out a two star, and then you have developed me into a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> so uh, so uh, that's kind of that's a compliment, Mr. White. Uh, you Chiefs, real quick. Uh, if they play defense like that, and you got uh, Edward Solaire adding that dimension to take a little pressure off of Mahomes, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was a workmanlike effort. Uh, you really think those Chiefs really clicking? They, they, you know, they look like they're going to be right back in the hunt back there in uh, Tampa. 
uh, playing uh, for another Lombardi. Uh, you know, I, I was really impressed uh, with your team the other night. But I really was calling you about, uh, what do you think about this Big Ten uh, coming out and playing? And, uh, and also the little wrinkle, we, we, when you have a pandemic, people do some different things. About playing that uh, week of the championship week with all the teams uh, in the respective divisions matching up, mm. kind of almost like it's like a, a bowl uh, deal. I guess that you could call it like the little Big Ten Bowls hmm. uh, this year. What do you think about that? You know, I, I think it was done out of necessity, but I don't mind it at all. You know, my thing is, Greg, like, I think it's good if those games happen. And I've kind of gone into all of this, the SEC schedule, the Big Ten, how they're doing it without an open date, like you said. Um, I've, I've just kind of gone into all of it cautiously optimistic because I sort of feel like, don't you, Greg, everybody's going to have a postponement at some point. I mean, I doubt, I'm yeah. doubtful personally that the SEC teams get all 10 games in. What do you think? I agree with you, and we have some uh, latitude. I think the deal kind of maybe is if you have the, the nine, then I guess if you have somebody at the Big Ten that, that there can get in that get in that playoff conversation, yeah. it's going to be interesting here. Because I really think uh, even though the league, the SEC, is going to beat up on each other, I think the possibility of, say, like a Georgia, Alabama, mm. or somebody you might have even with two losses, the way it's shaking out, I think the Big 12 has almost eliminated itself. Mm-hmm. If Texas or Oklahoma slip up more than once, I think they just only take one out of that conference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you might have an ACC, probably likely Clemson. Uh, and how about you got Jeff Collins? Great win for him, Coach yeah. Collins. Yeah. We had him uh, down in Florida, too. But great job, Mr. Wyatt. Uh, can't wait to uh, you get ready and talk about your game prep next week. You're broadcasting your first game during the pandemic. We look forward to hearing you and uh, Neil on the call. We we turned down uh, Brad and Gary on the TV and listened to you guys uh, on the radio. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you, Greg. Appreciate the call. Yeah, very much. I'm excited about it. Um, getting the game week next week and everything just starts to feel, in terms of preparation, what I think about every week starts to feel normal again. Yeah, so really looking forward to that, Greg. Appreciate the compliment. Chiefs, the next two are much tougher. Okay. People can say what they want about the Texans defense. Chiefs just chewed them up and spit them out. It was no contest, really. The score, 34-20, looks a lot closer than the game really was. But I don't really believe in the Texans defense as much as some people do. Uh, J.J. Watt, like him and everything, but he looks slow to me. He's getting older. He's been so banged up in his career. He's not nearly, I think, the athlete he used to be. He's good. But you're going to go to the Chargers, a division team that knows you very well. You know them well, but you're about to go to them. And then you're going to go to Baltimore. Let me tell you something. Baltimore is a real team. You want to have something fun to watch this week? Go watch that early season matchup in Kansas City last year between Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson. Baltimore and Kansas City. They had a great game last year. And you got to go up there. So the next two on the road, fixing to be really interesting. They're going to tell you a whole lot more about whether the Chiefs are primed to repeat. Maybe. (laughs) Can't even believe I'm talking about it. Or not. Uh, so, there you go. Hey, I promised I was going to read this. Hog Jow's text said this. I don't want to get anything started. Well, okay. He didn't want me to read it on the air. Let me just, let me just say this. I think you can give the gist of it. Let me just give the gist. 
Hogjow, you're exactly right. That there are lines being drawn in media, in public, by a lot of people trying to categorize everybody. You are a Democrat. Therefore, you are this type of person. You are a Republican. Therefore, you are this kind of person. Y'all, it's just false. It's just false. One of the worst things that ever happened to any of us was a two, this two-party political system. But in terms of how it comes to dealing with individuals and just dealing with individuals on who they are and how they treat you and how you should treat them and not based on how you want to categorize them, Hogjow, you are absolutely correct. And I really do appreciate your sentiment on that. And, and when I previewed a little bit ago, I didn't realize that it said, you know, it's kind of for my eyes only. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on it. You are exactly right. Hey, as I promised you, you heard some coaches a minute ago. Listen to this. JB, now now stop me if I have done this before. I, I don't think I've brought this up before. Yeah. On the show. It, though. A Nick Saban comment about something they worked on in practice. I don't I don't remember us talking about this recently. Okay. I know Nick, Nick works on his, his post practice. Uh, press conference right all right so he this is one of those it's a post-practice press conference that's hard to say post-practice press conference it's terrible on a sensitive microphone (laughs) plosives post-practice press conference he said that in their scrimmage they worked really hard really intently on the last two minutes before halftime listen to what he said Obviously, we're going to have a second scrimmage, you know, this weekend. Um, and we're going to emphasize even more situations. Um, today, we had two minutes before the half. You know, two minutes before the half was a bad thing. LSU scored 14 points in the last two minutes of the half, and Auburn scored 10. So um, th- th- those, those are the kind of things that the players have to really understand. You know, not only trying to score uh, in that situation, but we can't give the other team the ball back so they get a chance to score. So uh, there, there's a lot of those types of situations that we're really trying to, you know, cover. Think about that, what he just said. Leave it to Nick Saban to be able to dial into the exact thing, the exact thing that really, really hurt them last year. They gave up a grand total combined, 24 points. In the last two minutes before halftime against LSU, uh, against LSU and Auburn, the two games that they lost, four total minutes out of their season last year. If you don't think that the margin is slim and small, you think why do coaches? Why are they such sticklers for little bitty details? Why are they walking around like mad all the time when things are going pretty good and they got a good team? It's because they know this stuff. You can do everything right, but you play poorly on defense for two minutes before halftime against LSU, and for two minutes before halftime against Auburn, and gave up 24 total points in that four minutes of your season, and there are your two losses. 
They lost one of those games by five and lost the other one by three. It's amazing. He can dial right into what it is just about every time. Uh, The real Eric, how about this text on the uh, country-pleasing text line? (laughs) Matt, did you once say that Kirby Smart sacked you? Yep, he sure did. 1996, Georgia visiting Mississippi State in Starkville. Was he on a safety blitz or something? A little safety blitz. And I, I, I saw the blitz. Okay, I see it. It was a pretty obvious deal. But we got to get it out. And a guy I'm trying to get it out to got covered. He decides to adjust, which he should have, to try to get it up the field. By that time, this little bitty safety, okay, he's like this tall, jumps all over me like, water a, bug. like a little chihuahua biting your ankles. Okay. And he grabs my arm and, like, pulling me down, and I'm trying to still get the ball off, and then I decide to tuck it away, and we go to the ground. And he sacks me. And and I remember it because we get up. He says, you got to throw hot. I said, you're on defense. How do you know what hot is? You're not supposed to know that. I'm sure he doesn't remember, but I remember it. Technically, you sacked yourself because he wasn't big enough, right? You know, JB, the fact is the story of my life, the story of my career is (laughs) you could just sum it up as Matt sacked himself. (laughs) I mean, that's just kind of the whole idea. (laughs) All right. Hour two rolling along. More coming your way, including the head-to-head matchup of the week. Of the day, it is. Coming up next. Stick around. All right, back with you. Finishing up hour two. Still a long ways to go. Hour three here today on this Wednesday coming up. Presented by Overstreet Properties in Starkville. Overstreetproperties.com. That's all coming up. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to have our uh, Winsipedia head-to-head matchup preview this uh, Wednesday. Look at a Power 5 matchup going on this weekend from Winsipedia.com. Series, history, and a few other things. And our head-to-head matchup preview every day, presented by Matt Anderson Properties from National Land Realty. And we'll give you all that info. Doggone on the country-pleasing text line says, Hot take, Garrett Schrader will be the Julian Edelman of the SEC this season. Well, you know, I see a little different, a little bit bit different type of athlete. Schrader's a little taller, longer. He's a heck of a matchup deal in a slot deal. He's fast enough to do it. Um, I think I think he's done really well at practice. You heard teammates talking about him earlier in the show. You heard Mike Leach. I guess it was yesterday. What he said about him is very paid him you know very high compliments. But I, they run so much in a normal practice. The receivers do it stay, and I think that he's you know he, he's got to get his legs back under him right now. You said that was from uh, Doggone? Yeah, from Doggone. I wrote a song called Doggone one day. What's it about? Uh, From Philippians 3 2. It says, Beware of the evil dogs. Really? Very cool. Oh, yeah. You have to bring that guitar in there and play it and sing it for us one day. Oh, I don't know what to subject the world to that. (laughs) We might could do something. Okay, do it. Bring it. Go big or go home. Let's try it. That's what I was saying. 
been trying to live that all my life. <laughs> all I get is you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Uh, Joe Pesci, the real Joe Pesci, on the Country Pleasing text line says, Matt, I want to hear Neck. I know it has nothing to do with the discussion. Well, you know what, Joe? Maybe it does. <laughs> Maybe it does, Joe. Neck from the Sonic Boom could just, it might just be able to be our backdrop for the head to head matchup preview. Why not? Because it's my soundboard and I can hit them when I want. So the head to head matchup preview. <laughs> Today is brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. So if you're buying property like recreational property, hunting, fishing, uh, timberland, um, investment property, building a home, maybe uh, lakefront, any of that, he'll help you. He's got the land 360-degree interactive drone touring. You can see it without ever even going out there. And if you're selling property, he'll help you with that, too. Get you comprehensive internet traffic reports for who's looking at your listing and how often and all that kind of stuff. That's Matt Anderson, 601-408-5155. 601-408-5155. So the matchup we're looking at today from Winsipedia. It's a great website, great reference for college football fans. It'd be a great reference for... Sports talk show hosts and media and fans alike across the country. Y'all need to be aware of it. Winsipedia.com. Check it out. You can compare any two teams. The all-time series between Miami and Louisville. Miami and Louisville will face off this weekend. Uh, For those of our listeners that may be trying to look up that because I misspelled it, yeah, it's W I N S I P E D I A. Yeah, because it kind of sounds like it's wins uh like W I N S A, but it's yeah. W I N S I. Yeah, and you can just kind of Google it there. Just Winsipedia. There, there you, you go. go. Uh, wins and then the letter I and then Pedia. We'll get it in there some kind of way. All right, so this will be the 15th all-time matchup between Miami and Louisville. Miami, uh, over the course of history, has kind of dominated the series. Ten wins to three. But, most recently, Louisville has gotten the best of it. In fact, all of Louisville's three wins in the series um, have come in the last 15 years. Before that, it was all Miami. So, 10 wins to 3 in the series. There was one tie in there somewhere. Okay. The largest margin of victory in the series. Miami beat Louisville 45-7 to back in 1985. Longest win streak in the series was Miami won 7 in a row from 1979 to 2004. So, uh... They had a matchup between the two teams way back in 1933. Miami wins that one, 33-7. Played again in 1949. Miami won it 26-zip. Okay, and then we fast forward. 1979, Howard Schnellenberger, the head coach at Miami. Vince Gibson, head coach at Louisville. 1979, Miami wins 24-12. The next year, 1980, Miami wins 24-10. Then in 82, 83, 84, and 85, Miami won four in a row. 28 to 6, 42 to 14, 
38-23, and 45-7. In that four-game win streak for Miami in this series with Louisville from 82-85, to the first two were under Howard Snellenberger. But in 84-85, Miami was playing under Jimmy Johnson. You know who was the head coach that last year for Louisville? Howard Schnellenberger. <laughs> Howard Schnellenberger. I was going to ask you the trivia question. Schnellenberger coached at Louisville before he went to Miami. Yeah, it's true. He's been to both. We got him back and forth. They did not play, let's see, from 86 through 2003. They didn't play. And then they played in 04. Miami won at 41-38. Okay, and then this is what I'm talking about. So my, so Louisville's three wins have come since 06 in the last 15 years. They've won three out of the last four. They beat Miami in 06, 31-7. Beat them in 2013, 36-9. That was with Teddy Bridgewater. Beat them in 2014, 31-13. And then they played again last year, and that was Miami. My, uh, Manny Diaz getting the win uh, in Miami, 52-27. So just a little bit of a look. They haven't played a ton. Lopsided early, recently lopsided, but Miami got a win last year. And so that head-to-head matchup preview at winsopedia.com. When do they play this weekend? What time's that game kick? Let's see here. I'm going to find it. Is that the ABC game? Yeah, 6.30 on Saturday night on ABC. And if you just want rankings, I'll give them to you. But Miami right now is ranked uh, 17th. Uh, They beat UAB the other night. I guess Thursday night last week. Louisville beat... Who did Louisville beat? Western Kentucky? I think that's right. I think that's correct. That's it. Louisville beat uh, them. And so Louisville's ranked 18th. So technically you're going to have number 17 versus number 18 in that ball game. Yeah. Let's see here. For the for the U, Miami. 11th in the country with five national championships. Louisville does not have any national championships in its history in football, even though they've been good and certainly have been uh, competitive. All-time wins. Miami is 45th. It's a little surprising. You would think they were winning games 100 years ago that they'd be a little higher on 45th, but um, all-time wins, 629. And they have two Heisman winners. Do we know who the Heisman – can, can you all name the Heisman winners from the University of Miami? Toretta and yeah, – You got one in 92, Gino Toretta. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. I can't. Can't remember the other one. Vinny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vinny Testaverde, quarterback. Vinny and the Jets. Vinny and the Jets. That's right. Vinny Testaverde, quarterback, 1986. Right. Should have been Vinny and the Jets. Jets. Vinny and the Jets. <laughs> How about Gino Toretta winning the Heisman in 92 and then played Alabama in the Sugar Bowl for the championship at the end of that season for the national title? And Alabama won it in Alabama's defense absolutely shut down and embarrassed the Miami offense. You remember that game? I do. Uh, for the for that Alabama defense at 92 year, they had they had Eric Curry at one defensive end, had uh, John Copeland at the other, both high NFL draft picks, and Miami's offensive line could absolutely do nothing with them the entire game. 
I've ne- you have never seen. Go back and watch it. You've never seen a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback advance to a national title game like that and be more helpless in the game than Geno Toretta was. I'd say he was a little discombobulated <laughs> during that game. <laughs> he was bamboozled. He was. And that was he the play. Was say, he was saying, this This is nonsensical. Y'all better start blocking. <laughs> hey, look, that was a game where um, Thomas or whoever it was, the receiver for Miami, ran his mouth all week. Remember yeah. George Teague ran him down and took the ball away from him? <laughs> he did. Number 13 in your program, number one in your heart. George Teague. Teague was a man now. He not yeah, only did he that. He played in some the, serious ball in the, uh, in the league, too. He was the one. People forget that George Teague was the one who uh, interrupted Terrell Owens' celebration on the star in Dallas. Remember when Terrell Owens was, T.O. was playing for the 49ers? Yeah. And he was going to disrespect the star on the 50-yard line after scoring a touchdown. And George Teague ran him down and just, yeah. I'm talking about popped, clobbered popped him. him. And when yeah. T.O. looked up and saw who it was, he was he okay with anything. it. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He's okay, Mr. Teague, I'm gone. I'm gone, Mr. Teague. Thank you. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Effectively. All right, hour three coming up. Y'all stick around.